0: G'day folks you're in for an absolute treat tonight we're going to be chatting to the four-time Olympian Phil Smythe and he was also involved in uh, recruiting Matty Nix the Crow's current coach so we'll get his thoughts on the controversial situation with Brad Crouch and Tyson Stengel and we'll also get Smythe's thoughts as well on the COVID situation and what it would be like being an athlete with the Olympics being postponed to 2021. This plus much more
1: on Legends with Bevo. I'm Phil Smythe four-time Olympian I'm with What's his name? Um, Well, Legends with Bevo, the great Bevo. You know, could have been Wayne Carey, I suppose. Could have been Kane Corns. Could have been with anyone, but it's Legends with Bevo. Welcome to Legends with Bevo. Thanks to the Holdy, Coopers and Anytime Fitness Glenelg.
0: Phil Smith, great to have you on Legends with Bevo, mate. It's been a long time between chats, but as always, it's a pleasure. Now, before we get to what you've been up to lately... Unfortunately, there's some uh, big news in the world of footy at the moment. It's not about Port Adelaide, it's about the Adelaide Crows. Um, I'll just read a statement from the Football Club uh, just the other day. It was Adelaide's investigating an incident involving two of its players from early on Monday morning. Now, those two players, of course, being Tyson Stengel and Brad Crouch. They were stopped by police and allegedly caught in the possession of an illicit substance in the city precinct. The club understands neither player will be charged and instead police have referred them to a counselling process. Crows head of football, Adam Kelly, said the club was extremely disappointed in what was clearly a significant breach of community standards. Now, the statement obviously goes on a bit further, but we've got the gist of it there. Smythe, um, it's just hard to believe, isn't it, in what's been a really tough year for the Crows. Um, they're, they're starting to play some good footy. They won three of their last four, had a really good best and fairest, and then it's just gone downhill again with potentially a player who they could have got pick number two, and there's all sorts of ramifications, isn't
1: there? Yeah, look, I reckon the first part is really disappointing. I think that's probably understating it. I think it's much greater than really disappointing for the club in a whole range of areas. And again, we don't have all the facts, so we're speculating a little bit, so we'll bear that in mind. But the first one is that uh, they've been caught. I don't think there's any question about that. It's good that they're going to get some help. We want young lads to get helped, but you go – they get enough advice from the AFL about illicit drugs. So they're not uneducated. So this is not an uneducated mistake. So I'm less forgiving because it's not uneducated. So they knew what they were doing was wrong. Let's make no mistake about that. So that's the first one. The second one is the impact that it now has on the club. It casts a shadow over the club just when they're coming out from underneath that shadow and doing a really good job of it. So now they're back under the shadow. So... Let's just say for a moment that uh, you're a parent with some young kids and the Crows are looking at drafting your son. Do you feel good about your son going to the Adelaide Crows now, knowing that a couple of players there... And we're not suggesting for a moment that Crows have got a drug culture. I'm not saying that at all. It's just that you're guilty by association now. So now the club has to come out and say, we don't have a drug culture at our club. And most people go, well, we understand that, but two of your players got caught. So as a parent, I'm saying... A little apprehensive. you know. If Brad Crouch and and Stengel are still at the club, I don't know if I want my son around that environment. So there's that one. Then there's the sponsors that suddenly go, well, hang on a minute. I sponsor because you're a good club with a good, clean image. That's now tarnished. So I want to see something that says that's okay now. And for mine, I think it's time for the club to make a really strong stand. Now, I know... Some people will say, let's do the right thing. They made a mistake. Let's get them through this. And again, if they were uneducated, I wouldn't dispute that. I'm saying, you're done. You are done. You are done at our footy club. Our footy club doesn't stand for that. Our footy club won't have that. It is an unforgivable mistake. You're done at our footy club. Now, I'm asking you, as a fan, do you go, wow, I really like the stance the Adelaide Crows are making on this one. Or do you go, they made a mistake, let's give them another chance. Which one as a fan or as a sponsor resonates with you that I like the direction this club is now heading in? This is not because they've cleaned the air. Yeah. I I think they, it's unfortunate that it's these two kids, but I think the club is going to have to make a strong stand on this to keep the fans on track
0: a really good point smithy and obviously you can answer that in many different ways and you have to look at stengel because obviously that's the second you know thing he's done this year he had that incident earlier on this year with the the drunk the the drunk driving and and now i've seen crouch and what's happened with him and we all know and i mentioned before that the crows are looking at a number two draft pick for him and that's Geelong, off, that's off the table it yeah. is and geelong gold coast there's a number of different clubs that were after him now the big question is um what happens to crouch now you mentioned <laughs> do the crows get rid of him well that's huge because potentially, if no other club wants Crouch, he could be without a club next year. And one of the best players, you know, potentially one of the best players in the competition with so much talent. Obviously, his body's letting down the last few years, but we've seen the great footy he can play. Um, you know, a really good midfielder at his best is one of the best mid- midfielders in the comp, could be
1: without a club next year. The ramifications are just huge, aren't they? So, well, he's, um, he's hurt the club. Both of them hurt the club in multiple ways. Yeah. And again, I, over a mistake that they were educated with. So again, I come back to, they're not uneducated. So the AFL spends millions of dollars educating the players on these situations. So they knew what they were doing. They took a chance. Unfortunately, allegedly, they're caught by CCTV. Then they're stopped and they've got possession. So it's not like they were you know, heavily, it's just the fact that they were caught with it. And you go, really, with all the education you've been given, you thought it was worth the risk. Now, I know we're going to educate them to stop it ongoing and stop the problem, but my question is, if you're president of uh, the Geelong Footy Club, would you recruit either one of them right I p- now? I probably wouldn't, no. no. Um, and the reason yeah. being, what would the reason be? Just because,
0: like you said before, um, it's not a good look for our club. And if you're wanting to recruit, uh, obviously, you know, future youngs-, youngsters to the Geelong Footy Club or, or mature age recruits, whatever it might be, um, if they see that Brad Crouch is playing for that football club, they know what's happened. Um, yeah, and again, it gets back to the parents as well. Would the parent want... A kid going to play at Geelong if Brad Crouch is playing there, who's got a drug problem? And So if um, you look
1: at if you look at Stengel, let's just use his example for a moment. So he he had a misdemeanor, got suspended for four games, and the club stood by him and said, We're supporting you through this and then he's gone and done it again. Yeah. You go well, okay, well, we'll support him through that one. You go, well, when's the next one coming? That's right. You know, and okay, you go for Brad. We don't know whether it's Brad's first strike or second strike under uh, the illicit drugs because of the way the AFL operates, and that's fine too. But again, if I was at Geelong or I was at Power, I'd be going, well, I need to know, is this his first strike or his second strike? I I need to know that now. And, of course, the AFL don't have to give that information, so now I'm more reluctant because I'm, well, I don't know where he sits with that anymore. He has damaged his brand in a big way. And again, we'd all like forgiveness. We'd all like to give him another chance. And at different clubs, you may be able to take that opportunity, depending on where the club is at that time. I just think right now where the Crows are at, getting their fans back on track. They've straightened up the ship from a couple of rocky years. The last thing they needed coming off the back of three or four wins, a good MVP dinner, oh, we're back in the poo again. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to make a stand. It can't be nicely, nicely, even if you want to. I think as a sponsor, as a fan, I want to see a super strong stand this time. I need to see it.
0: I tend to agree with you, Um, I've been listening to Adam Kelly talk and and uh, Fagan as well, and they're, and shattered. they're just, they're just they're shattered. shattered yeah. and, and I reckon you're actually right. The Crows were starting to turn things around. There was some good... Good signs uh, going towards next year. Riley O'Brien won the BNF, which is wonderful. You know, st- thoroughly deserved, by the way. Congrats to him. Um, you want to you want to show the supporters that you're t- heading the right direction. So I actually think, as much as it's a tough one, delisting um, to both of them is is the way to go. And um, it does it, it does actually show a really good message that we're not going to stand for for drugs or you know, this sort of culture in our footy club. And whilst it sounds really harsh, I actually tend to agree with you. And you also got to look at one that, they don't have any drug or alcohol sponsors as such, but they've got McDonald's that are one of their sponsors now. They've got a a McDonald's kid zone. And can you imagine if like kids are mucking around and stuff like that? And, you know, parents are, they're Taken to the kids' at McDonald's, and then they hear about this sort of stuff with with Crouch and and Stengel. It's not a good look for McDonald's, is it? And That's it's it,
1: yeah, it's just bad timing. It you know, is. it really bad time. Not that there's ever a good time, but this is a really bad time for both of them. Just the position that they've put the club in. Yeah, it's a really difficult time. I sense the club will want to try and help them as much as they can, as most clubs would. But moving forward, the club has to think about what's best for the club right now. We're happy and we'll try and help those kids as much as we can, Stingle and Crouch, not at the expense of damaging the brand of the club anymore. And the, the Crows have had a little bit of that, you know, you're always trying to sweep things under the carpet, you're always trying to pretend it's not as bad as it is. They This year they've been unbelievably open and honest, and everyone in the media has gone, stop bashing the Crows. They've, they've turned the book, and this one's going to test them the most. Definitely. And how yeah. they handle this will determine whether they're moving ahead whether they're stationary or whether they've gone back. So it's really bad timing for both of them. Not that it's ever good timing, but yeah. this is probably as bad as it could possibly get for those two.
0: You're spot on. And that's why I think they're so disappointed. And um, we'll get to a port in a moment because obviously there's a big final happening uh, against Geelong on Thursday night. But I just wanted to ask you about Nixie because you're involved in the process with with getting Nixie to the club and obviously you can't go into too much detail. But I, before we talk about the Crows and how, how you've sort of seen his first year at the club – uh, what sort of attributes did he bring that sort of really impressed
1: you? Oh, look, all of them. All the players, all the coaches that were interviewed all had great attributes. Make no mistake about it. And, they, and you could have picked any one of them and, and they would have been a good pick. What what Nixie probably had the edge on, I think, was uh, his ability. It looked early like he could galvanise the group and, and settle things down with his personality and the way he coached. And one of the things that happened with the Crows last year was that There was too much of the players publicly berating other members, wives or girlfriends or whatever it was, leaks coming from all over the place about, I don't like Bevo. I don't like the game plan. I don't like uh, Andrew Fagan. I don't like Don Pike. It was the camp's fault. There were so many things that just kept coming week after week after week. And then all of a sudden, Nixie arrives and all that ceased. So if you think about it this year, there was no internal problems. There was no problems with the administration. There were there was no issues with the crows. So they either dealt with them all together. So I think you've got to take your hat off to Kelly coming in, to Fagan, to Rasciuto, to Nixie. All of those people galvanized together. And it looked like even though they were losing, there was no bitching going on. Normally when you lose, that's when you get it at the most. There was none of that. So that was one of his great strengths. He he got everyone together and everyone, you know, knitted in nicely. And I suspect that's why, again, I don't want to reflect back on it, but that's why this is so damaging, yeah. you know, because they've they've got the ship right and it's going ahead. And we saw that in the last four games. I think his energy, uh, he's an Adelaide boy. He knows the system. He knows how to deal with the goldfish of the Adelaide Crows. And, uh, you know, the rest of it, like I say, everyone was the same. And then in the end, you know, when uh, they went for the second round of interviews, he just had a few more strings in his bow, you know, and, and Scotty Burns came, just a, fantastic recruit for the Crow. So I think Nixie's come in, and again, I haven't spoken to him since he took the job, but I'm suggesting he's had a look at what he needs to move the club forward, along with the other participants in that. They've sat down and said, okay, here's what we need to start moving forward with our coaching staff. Here's what we need to start moving forward with our players. We're starting to move ahead with our game plan. Things are starting to just come together nicely. Next year, they get the big test. Did they now? You don't want that test to be based on wins and losses. The key is, have we improved? So if they were to only win three games next year, but the losses were much less than they were the previous year, then we say they've improved. Of course, we don't know whether they're going to extend the time and quarters, so you have to equate that all in. Then they're showing a, a, an upward slide.
0: You know? yeah. and,
1: and I again, I, I think towards the end of the year, the Crows showed that.
0: So yeah. you want that yeah. to
1: flow into next year.
0: It's a really good point. I think the game against Geelong was a real turning point. That game, obviously, they took it right up to Geelong for three quarters and the Cats ran away in that last turn. But ever since that game, they turned things around completely with the way they were playing and had that extra confidence. And we saw that winning three of the last four. Yep. So and again, we, again, we don't want to go back to the drug situation, but it does really it must just frustrate Nick's all those guys so much because, yeah, you're right. They've got Van Burlo, they've got Burns. They're looking to maybe get your mate Neil um, <laughs> Barm. So, <yeah. laughs> um, so there is really good optimism about the Crows next year and and going forward, and they've got some good young players as well. Young Shoal, obviously O'Brien, we spoke about. Um, but showed a bit as well, and and um, even Himmelberg signed on for a couple of years and took some good marks and um, you know kicked so, some goals towards the end of the
1: year. So so what you're yeah. saying there, you talk with an enthusiasm, I and mean, you're not a you're a power supporter, but you talk with some enthusiasm about the direction that the Crows are going. Yeah, that's because right. they've come through a, a tsunami if you like, and now they've got into smoother waters and they're going really well, and again, suddenly this rocks all the good work that's been done. That's right. Just something as stupid as this unravels that, and you go, let's push that off to the side and go, next year looks like an exciting year. Again, it might not equate to more wins, but it starts to look exciting. You talk about the people they've brought in, just that, just Van Berlo and Scotty Burns coming in. Scotty Burns is an outstanding coach. I, I think was the people will really enjoy seeing him involved with Dixie. It'll be a fun couple to watch. And Van Berlo's terrific as well.
0: <laughs> and and they've got that experience at other clubs that, with, that have bred success as well. So, yep. yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be interesting to see. And um, as much as it's it's a tough thing that both of us have said, um, I think moving Crouch and Stengel on is, is the best thing to do. And um, obviously we'll watch his space going forward with that one. But
1: Sometimes um, strength and adversity, you have to have it.
0: That's that's right, yes. Now let's go along to... Uh, to obviously port adelaide they play a big final against the cats on thursday night a spot up in the uh up for grabs in terms of the pre- prelim final for both sides Whoever ever win this one um port haven't won a final since 2014 smithy and <laughs> that's that everyone's been talking about that and and also that last game against the cats where they were pretty disappointing up at the gabber and hawkins just tore them apart with six goals but i just got this optimism um try not to put my port hat on too much, but I feel as though Port's turned things around since then. They're starting to play better in their midfield and around the ground as well. And they're not relying on Dixon as much. Um, what do you think Port needs to do? And I guess Hinckley as well coaching to avoid those mental scars, you know, not being able to win a final since
1: two thousand fourteen. It's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if, if we stay in the time warp, then we'd still all be in horse and buggies. We wouldn't have cars today or we wouldn't have planes. So what happened last year, what happened in 2014 is not relevant to what's happened this year. Corona in itself has changed everything. There weren't hubs last year. There weren't you know, games. We didn't have the festival of footy. So the whole thing's different to previous years. So I, I reckon Port have been really disrespected a lot in what they've accomplished this year. They've sat on top of the ladder for most of the year, nearly all of the year. And yet all I hear about is Geelong, Richmond. You know, Geelong, Richmond. You go, Geelong, Richmond. Well, (laughs) I reckon Brisbane are a chance too, and I reckon Power (laughs) are as well. And there's a couple of others. You know, So it depends your take on it. If I was Ken, I'd be looking at the year saying, here are all the things that we've improved on. And we're going into this final. We're a different team than we've been in previous years. And they are. So there's no need to reflect on. So a bit of belief. Show the belief. Here's the numbers. We're pretty good. And I reckon Ken has changed the style of coaching a bit this year as well the way he's dealt over the course of the season with the players. So, you know, he's been a lot more open. There's been a lot Well, those young players you put a lot of faith in too now have faith in the system. So they're an exciting team to watch. Here's an interesting one for you, though. You're sitting in the coach's box for Geelong. Tommy Hawkins has had an unbelievable year. But prior to this year, he's been pretty inconsistent. You're sitting there as coaches, and they chat away in the coach's box, mate, and they go, uh, gee, if Tommy Hawkins can have a good game, I reckon we can win this one. Now, over in the port box, they're going... If big Charlie Dixon can have a good game, I reckon we've got this one. So how are you going? Your chances of getting to the grand final are on Charlie Dixon's shoulder if you're a power supporter, on Hawkins' shoulder if you're a Geelong supporter. I just don't reckon you're feeling that comfortable going into that (laughs) game. But I think the fact that it's played here in Adelaide and Port deserve that, I think we know the power fans, 25,000 fans. And I know there's only 11,000 at the moment from Port and there'll be some more because – Those tickets that are to the Geelong crowd can't get snapped up. They can't get here because of the corona. So I think they're going to have to release more tickets for the power fans. So that is going to be a cauldron for Geelong coming in there. Now, Geelong are always unbeatable when they play in Geelong. Port are pretty tough at Adelaide over with their fans. I I just reckon Port have got a little bit of an edge. And I think if they can get a couple of goals early and get get the win between their sails, I wouldn't be surprised to see the power get them.
0: Yeah, well, you just have to go back to 2014 when they played the Tigers and I've never heard the Adelaide crowd crowd so loud before and, and obviously that first quarter absolutely de- demolished the Tigers and <laughs> so you're right, if they get off to a good start, then the crowd gets behind them and it could be game on from there. So, so here's the
1: interesting one, though. Is the window closing on Geelong? Is Selwood, Ablett, even Ooh. Dangerfield to a degree, Hawkins, they're starting to get to that age where... It's kind of now, next year or never. They say that every year, though, Smiley. I think we've seen some signs this year, not with Dangerfield so much, but I think Selwood's body is just getting banged up because of the way he plays. It's just an unbelievable player, but you can't take those hits year after year after year and keep bouncing back. It just takes longer. And I mean, they're both, uh, Ablett and Selwood, outstanding players. Hawkins had a breakout year, but I just think Port have got that youth coming through. They've got a nice mix going at the moment. So if it's not this year for Port, you suspect that next year would belong to them and Geelong might drop off. So I think Geelong have, have got to get it this year or they're, they're going to start to slide.
0: Well, can't wait for the finals anyway. And uh, I just want to sort of speak to you about these young guys like Erosies, Butters, St um, plus the other players, at other clubs as well, playing in their first finals. You know, I've played finals footy before, um, not at the AFL level, but at a lower level, and finals are just awesome, Smithy. But you always have those nerves, and no doubt you've been the same with basketball as a player and coach. Yep, the adrenaline's um, running, exactly. What sort of advice
1: do you give to these sort of young guys? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? You can give them some advice, but they won't hear it. You've got to experience it to go through it. That's the best way to learn from it: the experience and how you dealt with it. Mine would be try and keep everything the same as you can. You know, you'll put your head on the pillow the night before the finals. You start going. I need to do this. I need to do that. When this happens, what do I need to do? How am I going to handle this? Just let it go and go. You know what? Yeah, it's a finals, but ultimately it's the same players you've played against all year. It's the same blokes that you're playing with. Your school level will be as good as it's always been. It's just whether you get over aroused and and your brain's fried and you can't concentrate on the game. So my advice to them would be have faith in all the work you've done over the last few years And it will pay dividends in this race. And if we look at Cathy Freeman, you know, we're talking a week ago at the Sydney Olympics, she's running in the most watched race in the world, the 400 metres. She approaches that with, I'm just going to run as well as I can. And she runs and wins. She doesn't try and complicate it by, oh, this is the biggest race I've ever been in. Everybody's watching me. She goes, I've done all the work. This is just another race for me now. And it's the same for the footballers in the final. It is another game. Yes, it's a final, but ultimately, and they've got the opportunity to come in relaxed, knowing by the work they've done, if I don't play well, I get another chance the following week. It's not like if we lose this, we're out. So yes. there's actually a little circuit breaker in there you can use as well.
0: An interesting one as well. I was talking to a work colleague about this today. Um, one thing in Port's favour that you know they have over Geelong is that Port have been sleeping in their own bed. Um, they're at home in Adelaide, they're playing at the Adelaide Oval, they're training at Alberton, whereas Geelong, I saw some footage the other day, it looks like they're training in um, in a cow paddock or something. And, you know, they've been away from Melbourne, for or be, sorry, Geelong for so long, they've been sleeping in hotel rooms away from their partners for long periods of time. So I think Port definitely have an advantage from that perspective as well.
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, it's a mindset, isn't it? It's, it's, it's in what you believe. Uh, you know, I... I heard uh, the other day how Power had handled the hubs brilliantly, better than any other club. It was fantastic the way they've held. They're in the hub for 18 days. <laughs> St Kilda have been in the hub for 85 days. So I reckon <laughs> you've got to be careful, you know, when you and the, and the Power did a magnificent job. They've handled the hub better than anyone, but you go, let's try and put it in perspective here. So what coaches do is put it in perspective. So no question, it's an advantage sleeping at home. But I offer you this, that Geelong on the other side, they're sleeping in beds and I know their families are with them now, but a lot of the coaches haven't got their kids with them. So they've actually got more time to watch the footage, more time <laughs> to work on. You know, so there's, they've actually got some advantages as well. It's like uh, if the finals played in Brisbane, then Brisbane should win it. Well, the Brisbane advantage has always been the weather. You know, it's hot, it's humid. Well, all the clubs are used to that now. Collingwood have probably played more games on the Gabba than Brisbane, so I reckon <laughs> but you, you just, again, it's, it's all in the cell. Can I sell the players enough to believe that we've got an edge because we're sleeping at home and we're in our own beds? Geelong are going, but we've been able to spend more time looking at editing and spend more time on our skills. And the the edge is the crowd. No question, that is the power's advantage, is the crowd. That's the one edge they've
0: got. And your involvement with the Brisbane Lions – um, you, you're close friends with Chris Fagan and obviously with the COVID situation you haven't been able to get over there as much this year but I oh, um, love
1: phone calls and Zooms don't you yeah
0: yeah, yeah exactly I was going to say you've been doing quite, quite a few of those and and also with the Norwood boys um, haven't had the success this year as our previous years but talk about your involvement with uh, with both clubs there
1: oh look for me it's just uh, has been uh, well with Norwood it's been a relationship that got formed through James Fantasia to help Jared Cotton and then like all those things if you're in team sport you start getting involved more work with more of the coaches and some of the players so you know, North have had a difficult year this year. It hasn't gone the way they'd wanted it to, but their three previous years have been really successful. Uh, coming off the back of where they finished in 2016, with Brisbane, it's the same. It's just uh, being available to help the coaches discuss things, talk about player issues, and then some of the players ring and just just like we're having a chat now. You know, the finals are coming up. What do I need to do? Oh, well, nothing actually. Just play good <laughs> footy. That's pretty complicated. But, you know, I mean, you just uh, go through those things when you talk to the coaches. Sometimes they just need to talk to someone. They just want to get something off their mind. And, you know, the tough part in the AFL is that they're, they're always under the microscope. So what they're looking for often is someone just to talk to that's been through it or have some advice that they know it's safe there. So hence, I can't talk about it on your podcast, mate, what we talk about. <laughs> so I've just made the last two minutes up. <laughs> <laughs> and what do, you,
0: what do you think the secrets of success were for yourself as a, as a player and coach? Those so six championships, three
1: as a player and three as, as a coach in the NBL? Uh, it's a really good question. I think there's multiple things. There's never one singular thing. I, I, I suspect that the, the biggest part was being organised and being prepared, and then having a base where you knew that you'd done everything you could have slept properly, stayed off, didn't drink, uh, didn't go out late, put an extra time into your training, into your shooting, into your weights, into your recovery over the journey, not not just a week before the finals. So then you know when you come in, you know that other players haven't been doing that. So you're already psychologically going. I know I'm better than you because I've prepared myself better. And so that that gives you the edge. And then when you're coaching, it's more about have you got the players playing as well as they can? So I think the secret to being a successful coach is I may not be as talented as other teams, but if everybody's playing as well as they can and we lose, it's really disappointing, but you can live with the loss knowing we just didn't have enough talent. But if the talent's not playing well, then you want to check, question your coach. So I, I think through this COVID period, it would be really difficult for – any club to sack their coach because it's just such a busted year, you know. But again, sack your coaches at your own peril if you're not looking at are they playing as well as they can with the talent we've given the coach, I I think. And so my success was all based on are we playing as well as we can as a team? If we're doing that, then we're fine. We can live with the rest
0: you've answered that pretty well. And <laughs> um, before I let you go, obviously the Olympics have been postponed till right.
1: 2021
0: and fingers crossed that that goes ahead next year, Smarty. but um I'm go, doubtful.
1: I'm doubtful. Uh, oh no. Unless there's yeah. a cure, I mean, I'd love it to be, I'm missing it immensely this year. Yeah. But unless there's a cure to bring in so many athletes from all around the world, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to be impossible. it's going to be hard. It'd be impossible.
0: Let's go back to your own career though. If this had actually happened when you were going to the Olympics, how would have you prepared um, you know, for 2021? knowing that 2020 had been put on hold?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's it's a mixed bag, isn't it? If it's your first one and you know that you've got time for another one and time for one after that, then it's not so daunting because you go, okay, I'll just refocus and train on. For the athletes that were going, this was going to be my last Olympic Games or this was my only Olympic Games, to have to give it up. you know, They're a year older, so say they're 35. Now I'm 36. I've got to push through. I have to redo my times. I have to... You know, I don't know if I can do it. It's, it's a difficult scenario, especially in lockdown, you know, where you can't do those things. Like, reset your goals would be the secret. Realign and go, okay, how do I realign into 2021? I'd suspect if 2021 was cancelled, you'd be going, I, I just can't. Because like all things, you're, you're training to peak at the right time and now the, the piece of gold's been taken away from me. But hang on again, we'll put it out there next year for you. Okay, I'm prepared to line up again. Oh, sorry, we've taken that away. We'll see you in 2022. I think there's a limit. For the younger athlete, there's, there's always an opportunity to continue on. For the older athlete, it's really difficult. That's why we've seen a, quite a few of the older athletes go, I'm going to have to retire. I can't. I just can't keep going. So it's an interesting one for those trying to hang on to 2021. They've realigned their goals.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a sad situation, isn't it? And we can just cross our fingers and toes and hope that it does go ahead next year, Smarty. I'd like to see you cross your
1: toes. I hear that <laughs> saying a lot, mate, because you know, we know we can do the fingers. seriously, you know, have you ever seen we're seeing the changes going, we'll cross our fingers and toes for this one and you ever seen an athlete try to do that? Mate, they can't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a figure of speech, I think. So <laughs> Hey, mate, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Legends with Bevo, and uh, thanks so much for your amazing insight into playing you know, basketball, uh, footy as a coach, and, and also obviously going back to that sad situation with the Crows, and um, it's a tough one, but you danced it really well, and they'll obviously we'll watch the space yep. with that one going forward. Well,
1: hopefully it works out for both of them. You know, hopefully it works out for the club and it works out for the two boys, but uh, I think it's going to be a awfully difficult decision. Let most, go. most definitely, yep. yeah.
0: Thanks again, Smarty.
1: Always a pleasure, Bevo.